0: Phantasm Is it a nightmare?
1: Phantasm Is it an illusion? Phantasm
0: What the fuck is up? And welcome to the inaugural episode of the Phantasm Podcast. With me yeah, to my right yeah. is Dr. Vincent West. How are you doing? Yeah. Good, Hi, man. How about you? I'm good. I am Corey Gore Christ. And right now you are hearing death, scream bloody gore. You can go to Relapse Records right now and pre-order your copy of the reissued record. Uh, most of it's already gone, so if you want a copy, especially that, that pimp pass 3-disc, uh, you might want to go ahead and pre-order that now. It comes out May 20th, only 2,000 copies made, so uh, check that shit out if you want to get some, some uh, hot death merch. But uh, yeah, this is the uh, first episode of this, I'm pretty excited. Basically, what we do for the Phantasm Podcast is... Me and my buddy here are very fluent in the language of death metal and horror movies. That is exactly what this podcast has to offer. It's just uh, put in a, in a horror flick and we'll, we'll talk about death metal and, and horror movies themselves. Uh, what'd you bring over for us today?
1: got The Blob, the remake of The Blob. And fun story about this when it came out, my buddy Matt and I, we actually skipped school, got really super stoned, and then paid to see... I'm not really sure what it was. It was a PG movie because we couldn't get into the <laughs> R movie, and then we snuck in this movie. They got stoned, became a blog, and went and saw the Exactly. Blog. <laughs> Which this thing, you know, the original one, great movie, Steve McQueen. Oh, yeah. Legend. But it's... This is this was more you know I grew up on this I this was the first one I saw I didn't see the I mean, original this is, first. This is so. 80s goodness. Yeah it is and this is way gorier. this is really nice the Blue River watching is an out of print Twilight Tom copy I snagged two years ago. And
0: this is uh, if, if there's any horror collectors listening you'll know that this is a a coveted uh, piece of your collection if you if you're a horror collector because you know. The Blob's not only essential, but a lot of the Twilight Time stuff, I mean, it's hard to find. Um, I got my hands on the Fright Night one, beautiful. The second one, I don't think I have the first one. I think there was two versions of of that that they released. You, which you have both
1: of them. The Generation 1 and there's a Generation 2. The Generation 1 I bought off eBay. I paid a hefty sum of money for. Right. The second version I actually got... I, bought, I pre-ordered it. I actually got it right when it came out. Right. Twilight Time, interesting thing, they used to – they would let you buy every fucking copy they had. And then they start getting so many complaints. And a lot of people – there's a lot of people out there that complain about that company. Here's the thing. If you keep up with them, you follow them on social media, you know when this stuff's coming out. You just have to pre-order it, and then you get it. They limit you – to one or two copies now on a release. You so I mean, honestly, it actually gives good, everybody you know? Yeah. It because, gives everybody a fair chance to get it.
0: Because you can get two copies that you can get it for you and somebody else or you can keep one in the packaging and then open one or, you know, however you want to do it.
1: That's two is the amount you should be able to buy for anything, I think. You know, if they had done that initially, that's why that first run of Frotnot just disappeared and they also did Christine, which disappeared. Yep. Uh Night of Living Dead, the the Savini one, yeah, they Mm -hmm. they did that as well, and that obviously that disappeared too. I I have those, but not all of those. A lot of those I bought off eBay. I, you know, and just to let you know, right now, this is right when we're recording this. The Blob, you can snag you a copy of it for sixty bucks.
0: Not bad, yeah. So, I mean, it may seem like a lot, but you think originally it comes out, it's like thirty bucks, thirty five bucks. And uh, it goes way out of print. Uh, $30 more dollars really isn't that bad considering, you know, a lot of people try to oversell you on stuff where it's like over $100. But it's like, you know, if you want it, you're going to pay the money for it. So. Right. There was a guy I
1: saw on Amazon a, he was complaining about. A, Kevin Dillon is a, is a fucking badass. I he yeah, he's it. great. <laughs> he's, he's, been, he's great. A lot of people probably, if you're not familiar with Kevin Dillon, he was huge run on the Entourage show, which I didn't watch. Love him in that show. I've always heard it was great I just never it's one of those and he's, you know, in, he's in Platoon also he's like
0: a dance fucker dance, yeah, you know, he's, yeah he's a great guy movie. so
1: but there was a guy on Amazon you know he was whining about Twilight Time bottom line with them is you just have to keep up with them on social media and you see what they release and you pre-order it and that's you, got, you get it in the mail it's 35 bucks that's with shipping that's you anything. Think, even, though. if
0: you if you want stuff, you gotta be you gotta know when that shit comes out. It's like, you know, the death stuff that I mentioned earlier. Um that stuff was all made very limited stuff. Even, you know, if you've been collecting the death stuff like the spiritual healing and um leprosy, I mean those were all limited sets, so you know when Scream Bloody Gore comes out, of course it's gonna be a limited reissue. So you gotta grab it while the while it's good, you know. So um Just if you want to collect the stuff or
1: own it, then you gotta you gotta stay on top of things. People don't, and then they get mad. But I mean, it's a a mutual friend of ours was whining to me recently about you know the prices of this stuff. It's like if you keep up with it and you know what comes out, like by the time we're recording this, just to give you guys an example, Bride of Reanimator, right? It's gone. People are going to say, "Oh, it's not gone. It's sixty dollars on Amazon." But it's it was twenty seven ninety nine. Yeah, you're getting that from a second party. It is on Amazon for that price, but it's gone. They did a initial run of five thousand, and they'll put it out again, and you you know, but it just won't have the packaging and the extras and stuff. And actually, uh, it probably won't come with that, that art book that it has with
0: it. That's beautiful. Definitely I mean, not going to get
1: the art book. Because I haven't opened my copy. The exclusive,
0: so, and we're looking at. Uh, probably that's the hardest thing I've ever, that you've ever got that I, that I
1: couldn't open. I was happy to find it for you. Yeah, it was I cool. That. But uh, the the exclusive in the limited one, if you're a serious collector, is that you get the uh, a Blu ray copy of the R rated version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two versions of the film on there. So. There, isn't there? when it gets put out again it won't it, it it even says here that this was the exclusive with it right. was the disc And it's three. a 3
0: disc so the next one they're going to put out is going to be a 2 disc correct it's going to be a yeah.
1: A- yeah it'll be bare bones in their clear white case and it'll be I mean I'm assuming but it's not going to have that third right, disc because it even this says it's exclusive This is
0: a release from Arrow uh, <coughs> US release cuz they've had you know
1: uh I don't think they actually did they have a uh, brighter animator in the UK released already? I think they did release it over yeah. there. There were people complaining about the packaging being damaged on right. their one of their social media things that I was looking at. But what's what's interesting if you if you're curious about this if you own the limited society, it's packaged exactly the same, right? Which is really awesome, and that one's really cool too. Uh, well, here's what the the book is. The book is actually the. Uh
0: 1992 comic prequel to the original reanimator so that's awesome i don't know if the uh the next package version will come with that included i don't see why not um probably i mean that's just a nice addition is just to have that i mean that's really cool because um, arrow usually doesn't like they they usually package them pretty well they super pack their releases even this is definitely though the biggest they've done for a u.s release anyways um
1: and the vi- the video quality, their quality on everything I've ever bought from Arrow has been really Like Mutilator, nice. the, the shit
0: they went through to get the Mutilator out there was, um, you know, it was, it was very hard for them to get all that shit, to get an unrated cut. They had to go back to the uh, Buddy Cooper's old place and find like the, the reels and, and get them restored. And Luckily he had all the stuff to put the unrated version out because, I mean, it was only on VHS. I don't even think they had it dvd release of it so well
1: you should tell them i mean you Um, actually got to meet the folks yeah i met i met met buddy
0: and i met the um one of the effects supervisors um which his name is ed i'm pretty sure and then um yeah and i met the guy that played uh big ed the the killer of the film and uh they're all super nice and they were explaining to me you know how difficult it was to get all that stuff and uh you know, it's that movie looks like it was shot, you know, yesterday. It looks it looks fantastic, and you know, Arrow did a did such a good job uh, putting all that together. And it was a, a a fan of the movie itself that that went on the journey to get that footage and to get in touch with Buddy. And you know, it's it's pretty great. I mean, that, that you couldn't ask for anything else. Um, similar similar thing with the with the Nightbreed. Um, you know shout factory release you know a fan went through and through to get that footage of that theatrical version i didn't know that created and you know they talked to clive and you know they had to find the prints and stuff like that it takes a long time to get access to that stuff you know cuz a lot of times you don't take care of it or they just like lose it and uh, it's pretty cool that they actually go back and they find this stuff and they put it out especially mutilator something that you know, originally called Fall Break, something that should be put out there. That's a, just a great, campy
1: 80s movie. It's really awesome. Arrow's really, to me, knocked it out of the park. The Right. The Blood Rage, folks, if you've never seen it, Oof. if you're into gore <laughs> and you're just into just ruthless killing, it's a great movie. I won't say anything else about it. It's super gory. A lot of fun, and again, the folks at Arrow. I don't know where they obtain some of this stuff, but their film quality. Because I'm a big Scream Factory guy, the Shout Factory line, and but the Arrow stuff is honestly running rot right with them, as far as I'm concerned. The releases more obscure films, not necessarily as popular, but the the quality of the product has been. Just and, aces. It's, and
0: they're they're putting out more slashers that haven't really seen the light of day. Yeah, it's more obscure stuff. Right? Yeah, but it's, it's good. It's good stuff. It's not like, you know, um, we recorded this as a college thing in our backyard. You know? right, well, these and, are like stuff that were in theaters and stuff, but they you know, they were very limited release and they didn't really get popular, but now with the resurgence of, of Blu ray and home video, it's it's really it's really a, a blessing that you know we get to see this stuff in the highest quality that you know that it, it was in theaters because all we've had before with a lot of these movies are laser disc or you know uh, vHS so it's pretty cool I, I, considering where horror is uh, currently as far as th- in theaters and popularity, it's just it's not going anywhere. It's just actually a really dead market to be honest. but the real market with horror right now. Are these Blu-ray companies and these releases coming back out? I think so. And it's because I these stuff stand the test of time. I can watch the '80s stuff and even you know the late '70s stuff all day. You know, it's it never gets old to me. But the new stuff is just not interesting. You know, there's only so many filmmakers out there that are doing it correctly, and you know, um, at least we have these companies that are putting back out these movies that we love and that we can check out that we haven't seen before. And I think that's honestly better than brand new, you know. If you can just restore stuff that you liked in the first place and make it better, then I'll, you know, I'll go back and watch it. As long as you don't George
1: Lucas it and put shit in there that wasn't in there before. Well, I mean, yeah, (laughs) and you, you know, know. one of my gripes, there's a, there's a company called Vinegar Syndrome, and I've bought a couple things from them. And they've done, I have to look here specifically, they, one of my favorite movies, um, and... I was hesitant about buying it, because I didn't know anything about the company. This has been a year or so ago when I bought this. No. They put out Mad Men, which is a great movie. Killer Ants, Mad Men, Mars. It's really cool. The Blu-ray looks horrible. It looks like somebody took a VHS tape... Put it in a bathtub, dried it out, <laughs> then they played it, and then they ported it to Blu-ray. And I was really disappointed with it. And I love the movie. A friend of mine actually bought the Blu-ray off me, but it was it wasn't because I don't like the movie. It was because the, it, was, I mean, it, so it the, wasn't even restored. The Anchor Bay DVD from 15 years ago or more actually looks better than that Blu-ray. Right, and that's. And I'm not trying to take a shot at Vinegar Syndrome. I've not bought anything else from them, but I'm hesitant to buy anything from them now because. It's one of the, where it's like, I mean, seriously, it looks so horrible, that Blu-ray, it's not even... I mean, it's they
0: like, might have just made the sound quality better for like Dolby or something like that, like a 5.1 mix. But um, as far as the video, that might have just been all they could do with it was, you know... But you said that the DVD looked better, so I don't know what they... That old think.
1: Anchor Bay DVD honestly looks better than the, weird. the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. I don't know what the problem was. Maybe... There's not a master for that film. I don't know. I mean, I remember seeing it on videotape as a kid, so I'm not really sure the history on that film. But right. I know that Blu-ray is not worth. It's not worth the money they're asking for. It's not expensive, but it's not. It's just not. And I love the movie. Love the movie. But right. the the film quality, the Blu-ray is it's horrible looking. Looks like a toilet. It's terrible. It's looks <laughs> like shit. It's. It, I, it looks like they threw it together. I'm not sure what the problem was. Again, maybe there's something with the master. There is no master for that right. film, or if it does, it just looks like shit. But. Uh, we're at the
0: part in the blob where the hobo finds the uh, the meteor with uh, the blob in it. It's a little chunk. And this is our first death of the movie, very quick. And then it goes to the, <laughs> the beautiful uh, jello slur part. And it's just beautiful direction right there.
1: The two Probably. kids in this are fucking hilarious. Yeah, they want to sneak into a slasher film. It's great.
0: It's like you—you you snuck into this movie. I did. You, you can relate to this movie 100. percent You're like, hey, look, it's us. We're seeing this movie. It's like,
1: yeah, a movie within a movie. You know, <laughs> that's pretty neat. I wasn't definitely. What night? I wish I would had been that young when this would came out. I was a little bit older, but right. Still, yeah, it was fun. Now, they're one of my favorite parts of this film because later in the film. I think my favorite part with these two kids is they're trying to watch the film, and there's a guy that's already seen the slasher film that they're watching. Right. And he's giving away everything, and they're like, shut up, why don't you be quiet? No, oh, it's great.
0: So, Is that the part where the blob attacks the theater? It does. It's, uh, yeah. It is. It is. It comes scene. through the
1: screen. <laughs> or whatever. It's actually on the ceiling. The ceiling, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's
0: been forever since I've seen it. Whenever I think of it in a the theater, I think of it like, Indiana Jones, where he's running from that, <laughs> that giant, out. you know, boulder. That's what.
1: It <coughs> yeah, from Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid,
0: I always remembered the blob as that part. And, you know, I don't know why. It's just reminding me of it, I guess. But yeah, it's uh, it was a, always a fun watch. This movie. And then, uh, when I first moved into my new place, only been here a few weeks. My uh, first movie pick to watch here was Halloween 3. It's the first thing I popped (laughs) up.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. First movie I watched. I have some kind of obsession with that film now. I don't know why. It made
0: made me think my whole apartment complex is like that town that they go to (laughs) with the silver shamrock. Like the first day after I watched that movie. I guess I shouldn't have done it. But I, uh, you know. Hi, Tuna. Tuna's our wolf doggy. How you go,
1: Tuna. He's one to join us?
0: How you doing? You on the podcast? Yeah. All right.
1: I'll tell you something I didn't know about that movie when I was watching it.
0: <clears throat> I shouldn't have watched the movie because when I went outside after I watched it, I was like, everyone's weird and they're like closing their windows on me and they're you know preparing for nightfall and they're. I've never running. understood why everybody hates the film. It's I- ten o'clock. Please, please stay indoors. So the factory can do its job. You know. And I, if, if I went up to somebody and like hit him with an axe, it'd just be like you know the the yellow ooze
1: will come out, and they'll be like,
0: oh.
1: <laughs> "A fun thing to talk about." Halloween three, there's Screen Factory put this really nice version of it out a right. few years ago, which you have, I have. Yep. It's really nice, beautiful. And then last year. It was i never forget because it was near my birthday, Universal put out a bare-bones version of it, mm-hmm. and a lot of people think that the film quality on that Blu-ray, the Universal release, looks better looks than better. the Scream Factory. Mm-hmm. Just, the, just the film. Right. I've never compared it. We're actually probably going to do that sometime. I'd say next episode we can probably try it out. But it's... I don't know. I mean, I bought it just because I'm a fan of it, but Tom Atkins, I mean... Same thing with the Christine, and wasn't the... Uh there's a Twilight Time Christine, and, and then there's, there's an there's a, a official Sony Christine. There's right. also bootleg Christines, mm-hmm. and just also tell this to the same folks that are selling the bootleg Christine. They're saying it's an import, but it's not. It's a fucking bootleg. There's also a bootleg of uh, Fright Night. Right. And, you know, honestly, if you... It's just not worth it to buy that. you know. If you want to wait and see if Sony actually releases it, which they might, I don't know. I think Twilight Time still has that one.
0: That's why if you go to buy stuff and it's not brand new or it's on <coughs> make sure they have – because you can always ask them for pictures if they need any additional information on what you're buying, especially if you're paying top dollar. Always ask to see what the disc looks like because, I mean, you know, that's the best way to tell. Well you can also especially I mean, the just, Twilight Time stuff is very specific artwork is. on the disc, so you would know if you're really trying to buy something like that, if you're getting ripped off or not. But the Christine one, isn't the Sony one actually better looking
1: than the Twilight Time, or is it the other way around? You know,
0: I I were telling me I don't her. have
1: both. Mm-hmm. I just have the Twilight Time one, but uh, the misses, she I actually bought her or the Sony one. Right. Which is really cool because hers actually has a slipcase, which I've never seen huh. that one in a store with slipcase. The that one that like... I got her has a slipcase, which is weird, crazy. But I actually need to rub that for myself. But anyway, so <laughs> I just love John Carpenter. But I've never compared it. I've looked at hers, but I've never had them like side by side and compared it. I know that I believe there's a sound mix that's different on the Twilight Time that's not on the Sony. As far as really soundtrack sound. or, yeah, well, yeah, it's something to do with the score. I've not research that, love that film, love John Carpenter, but I don't, that that disc, like I've watched mine, but I've never had the physical Sony one to, right. you know, bounce off the other one. guess we'd have to uh,
0: compare those two copies. We could do that don't? one too, yeah, after we do Halloween we'll just 3. Just do a comparison day or, you know, save it for specific ones, it doesn't matter.
1: And again, on the Halloween 3, I'm not trying to say anything about the Universal other than the Universal release that came out last August has... Supposedly a better picture quality than the Screen Factory right. release. Although it's not going to, it's bare bones. It, there's nothing on it. I don't even think there's a fucking trailer on it. I'm pretty sure actually there's not even a menu on it. It on just plays. Three? Yeah. Hmm. But um,
0: it was like ten bucks. So another gonna, thing, as far as comparison wise, they're putting out uh, Screen Factory in July. They're putting out a Return of the Living Dead uh, collector's edition. Now I currently own two versions <coughs> of that film on Blu-ray. One of them is is now out of print. It's the one with the green cover with the red letters. You know, and it, it came with like a an additional artwork thing that Walmart had, which is weird. Walmart had an, um like an exclusive like artwork print. One of those.
1: And then well, like the cardboard th- thing they stick on the front. Yeah. Right.
0: And they did that for The Fly, they did that for Texas Chainsaw too. I
1: mean, they have... A they did it, yeah, but yeah, MGM did that, they did yeah. Killer Clowns too. Right,
0: and they're all like 10 bucks. you know, now you'd have to pay a pretty decent amount of money to get the Return of Living Dead with the with the artwork on it, um, and then there's another one they just released um, months back, and it's just got different artwork on it, and it's like a an right. MGM anniversary edition of it. Yeah. Um, I don't even think there's any additional features on it. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. There's just different artwork. But the the soundtracks to them are different. Uh, One of the songs, or two of the songs, were switched in the film, like the newer release of it. uh, I guess where they lost rights to it. Um, There's a scene where... um, How's his name... He goes into the the furnace and he's he, he kills himself or whatever um, <clears throat> because he's a zombie and he he jumps into the furnace and there's a song that plays in the original film and uh, they switch it in the in the other release in the 30th anniversary edition of it or it's um what the hell was his damn name James Karen James Karen's character um. You know, he jumps in the furnace and there's a there's that song playing. In the the first MGM version, they have the real song in it from the original film. And then in this 30th anniversary edition, they change the song when he gets into the furnace. Now, actually, I think they cut the song out completely. They just, like, cut the scene out. That's you know, you're, I mean, where you're... He in the furnace. Because when he jumps in the furnace, that... Resurges the the zombies coming out because he goes into the um you know at f- first they burn the the cadaver in the bags you know the part the scene where Don Calpha says you know uh rabit you know rabid weasels like that part he uh they they burn the cadaver body parts and that starts the first um you know insurgents of the zombies coming it. it it starts the acid rain, and uh, the uh, you know the the canister downstairs is what what um, what starts it, and it's the, the the tar man. And then whenever James Karen's character goes into the furnace, that starts the actual zombies coming out, and that starts the rain, and the, and the cemetery starts unloading full of the, the reanimated corpses, which is a really cool scene. With the you know the the trioxin theme kicks in and it's back to the the zombies it's pretty cool, but um yeah they changed the music and then they took out another band's uh, music which is a very I mean the soundtrack is half the reason this movie is so coveted is because it's a very good 80s like punk soundtrack and it's really it really sets the mood for the characters in the film it's a, it's a very punk oriented you know horror movie it's pretty pretty interesting let but, me ask um, you this
1: on both versions is linnea quigley nude oh yeah dancing of course
0: none of the scenes that's were, my favorite <laughs>
1: thing in the movie none of the
0: scenes were altered uh other than the music itself there was one that was that was replaced with another song and then the one where like i've been explaining John, uh, james carron gets in the furnace there was a, you know he takes off his wedding ring he kisses it gets in the furnace and there's music playing i forget what the song's called. But, in the 30th anniversary, they completely like cut it out. I don't think they even replaced the song on that. It's just like
1: it makes you wonder because I know there were people asking,
0: but on the Shat Factor one, apparently they're restoring the original soundtrack. they time. are putting all that on there. yeah but, that, then, but but at Shadow Factory, I don't give them any you know, of course. I know they're going to put out the best release they possibly can, so whatever it the is. The Scream Factory one. Yeah. They're going to get it right, and they said it does come in the original soundtrack restored completely.
1: But see, it also makes you wonder is it. I wonder if it's any different than that first version you have. It almost makes you wonder if they're just putting that out with their artwork and stuff. It
0: says they have a new restoration. There's a new Horror Hound feature where the cast got back together for a convention. I mean, there's a lot of new stuff packed into it that's really good. They, that's of cool. course, they borrowed. Stuff like that documentary, the More Brains documentary they've been stuffing in those Blu-ray releases. Um, A lot of the, you know, they borrowed a lot of the features, but they also have like two or three brand new things packed in this that hasn't been seen before, like the Horror Hound thing and, um, you know, the soundtrack being fully restored, and that's great. When I first read it, I thought they meant the soundtrack would come with it restored from the film. And I shit, because if anyone knows... With the Francis Haynes score was never released with the film, like the Trioxin theme, right. which is, I think, personally one of the best horror, uh, you know, themes of all time. I think that's such a really cool, like synth rock song. It's really neat, and uh, Francis Haynes, who composed it, did a really good job of it. Um, that was never on the actual soundtrack for the film. Uh, that, that. that Trioxin theme. And so when I first read that they were restoring the the soundtrack, I read, misread it and thought that it would come with the soundtrack. And I was like, well, fuck! I got to get this thing because if the Trioxin theme is on there, recorded without you know, because if you go to YouTube and you look up Trioxin theme, the only thing anybody would ever have of the Trioxin theme is the intro to the film where you still have the you know the right the sounds of the film in there or the trailer where it still has you know their mean you know, all that stuff, but um. Yeah, it would have been cool to have, but either way, I'm excited for the Scream Factory release. Um,
1: I've seen their their cover art, which I know a lot of people don't like the new cover art that they do. But I folks, you flip it, it over and you've got the classics. And yeah. You've got both. You
0: got the you know uh, it's party time. You know the original DVD, I guess, cover art for it with the punk corpses and the you know the, the tombstone, which is pretty cool too. Um, That's just stuff I can't get rid of. That's like my favorite film. So I have the DVD of it, and I have both Blu-ray releases. Um, Sad to say I didn't get the – they have like a deluxe limited version that they put out for pre-order for the Return of the Living Dead. But uh, all it was was an additional artwork and slipcase that uh, another artist created for it. But that's all that came with it. There wasn't any other – and there was a poster for that additional artwork. But um, if you, you order, order that's not, yeah, you know. if you I mean
1: if you order from, Screen but I can Factory, still get
0: their poster, right? That Scream Factory
1: has, so that's fine with me. Um, Which, if you guys out there don't know this, you probably do. If you're horror, you know, nerds like we are, that that <laughs> that you if you you usually will get your product two weeks early before the release day, and you get the poster. And Screen Factory, I mean, they they get it to as quick as possible. If
0: um, if any of you. Have the Army of Darkness, um, Scream Factory 3 disc, which you told me about this this defective issue. Um, One of the discs, I believe it was – Two of them. It was two – yeah, the second and third disc, I believe. That's it. um, Had some issues with the original release of it. Where, what was it, there were scenes that were clippy or that didn't make it or the sound was fucked up? Uh, I'm
1: going to tell you something right now, and I want to use this platform to actually do this. There is a fan of Army of Darkness that actually contacted Scream Factory and was like, whoa, these cuts are missing stuff. I salute you. It was the te- sal- it was the
0: television version, wasn't it? Or the uh, no, it the, was it was
1: I believe it was the uh, director's cut theatrical. I'm not really sure. It's whatever was on disc one and disc three. Right. This cat actually noticed that there was a few seconds missing. Yeah. I applaud like you, sir. Like seconds. I love that movie. Saw it at the theater when loved it came it. out. Love it. And and if
0: you don't know, if you're more of a modern day horror fan and you're not really too familiar with it, that's it's Greg Nicotero goodness. It that is. Film. It's
1: great. It's when before Sam Raimi started doing shit, and it's <laughs> before he doing uh, you know, Spider Man. You know, but and I it, salute and it's, you, it's, sir, it's, to find that you Bill noticed. Mostly goodness, very briefly, but it's Bill mostly goodness. If too. you if you notice just a few seconds of a film missing, and you contact them and they fix it, I salute you, sir, because I did not notice that. You know what? The
0: only film I would probably notice that shit with.
1: I've never noticed it in anything that I'm aware of. Ghostbusters. Well,
0: that's the only thing where I would actually notice something missing. I'd be like, hey, man, there's like one second where d- this didn't happen. Like, Ray turns to Peter Van Kampen, what happened to that? You know, <laughs> that's the only thing I would uh, actually notice. Oh, and our, uh, our guy here is grabbing boobness and he gets,
1: yeah, he gets grabbed is by the blob. Her. Oh,
0: Man, that's fucking gross, dude. Oh, I mean, this movie's like the thing. Exactly. If you haven't seen this movie, it's just it's it's really disturbing. Actually, it's it's not Cronenberg disturbing, but it's it's the thing disturbing. Because the thing, there's very few movies that really gross me out and actually uh, scare me. And uh, The Exorcist was one, and that was the first horror movie I ever saw in my entire life when I was five years old. <laughs> I, I did a full Reagan, and I peed my pants. I, I peed my nightgown, and I didn't sleep in my room for a week.
1: It's a scary movie. I and mean, I, And
0: you know what happened after that? I was like, hi, I love horror movies. I would like this, this experience again. And I just fell in love with it ever since. It gave me that kind of thrill where I was that scared. Because um, I was always a kid that, you know, not just from watching Ghostbusters, but I believed in paranormal shit and, and spirits and stuff. I was always very... Uh, very into that kind of realm of of, of thinking. So uh, horror movies always kind of, I like the idea of having another world around us and stuff like that. So horror movies always always spoke to me and I really thoroughly enjoyed them since watching my first movie, The Exorcist. And then I watched The Thing at a very young age too. I don't remember how old I was. The Carpenter. But, oh yeah, of course. I haven't even seen that other thing. The original's great. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the best. Um Oh yeah, the thing was a remake. It okay. was a remake. Was yeah. A remake. What was the original one? The original, was it like the 30s or something. I don't think it's. Oh, that the 50s, old. maybe. Let's find out here.
1: I've seen it once, just because it. Just to let you guys know, I'm obsessed with John Carpenter, so it's like anything that he does, I try to go out. Well, that's and That's your boy. It. And, it is,
0: and I'm Team Fulci. It's, but you know, Carpenter's the man too. I mean, I don't dispute that. But your your favorite's Carpenter. Mine's always been. Uh, it is John's mind.
1: Just, yeah. I don't know what it is. It, since I was a young age, and, it, and it's not, it's not just Halloween. It's it's it, a well, he's large the, body of his work. Is he's just, the, I think it's genius. the
0: current reigning master of horror right now? Besides George Romero, of course. Because you know we lost Wes, and uh, that was that was a pretty big blow. But. Um, because my three masters of horror, I think, were always George
1: Romero, John Carpenter, and Wes Craven. Those were the three. Okay. Here we go. So this is this is us, this is me on you know, looking this up, but John Carpenter's The Thing is based off Howard Hawke's and Christian Nyby's nineteen fifty one film, The Thing from Another World. Of course. Right. John's is much more extreme. Than so they basically
0: else. took the idea from it where they're is it the same premise where they're in
1: like a base you know, in the winter and It's been so long since I've seen it I I, I couldn't, I have no idea And and again, funny story about While well, we're talking about the thing Comes out in the summer of 82 And I wanted to go see E.T. Because, you know I'm seven now. years old <laughs> And my <laughs> uncle's like No, fuck that We're going to see John Carpenter's The Thing And I'm like, what's that about? Come out of the movie. It's like well kid could it, for a month. It's not an alien riding a bicycle over the no. moon. No, I didn't I didn't and you know, and I didn't get to see it. I saw the thing and maybe it just got me at an early age. But honest truthfully, that movie scared the hell out of me as a kid. It still scares me. The makeup in it, Rob boutine knocked it out of the fucking park. He was surviving on like candy bars and fucking like sodas and coffee when he was making it. You can Disney tell because the way it. the
0: film is shot. Yeah. It is so gritty.
1: <clears throat> And
0: not to mention, Kurt
1: Russell's just a gritty. And I don't know this. I'm talking, you know, I'm I'm speculating here, but I think the movie we're watching right now looks like these special makeup effects guys were really inspired by the things makeup. But but anyway, saw the movie, Summer '82 scared the hell out of me. Uh, and then when we wanted to go, just kind of to wrap that up, when we were going to, I wanted to go see ET the next week, and that he had promised me. Instead, we saw uh, Conan the Barbarian. Which there you go. was awesome. So, But I still never got to see E.T. Yep. I saw it eventually, but I didn't see it when I That's wanted some, to. Some uh, D Wallace goodness. My uncle passed on, yeah. But they passed it on to me. And it's it's early Drew Barrymore stuff, too. It's Firestarter. But it never, <laughs> never, never... But it was cool. So back-to-back, back, my uncle's like, hell no, you're not watching fucking E.T. We're watching The no, Thing. we're going to watch this and man we're going to watch the here. Barbarian. So.
0: Yeah, The Thing still, to this day... It's very unsettling to me. It's the, the makeup is so good, but it's actually freaky-deaky, you know, scary.
1: Yeah, it's great. And, and
0: The Blob does a very good job of, of replicating that, and it's very it's very realistic and, and just gross, and it's good. It's not, like I said, it's not Cronenberg gross. It's like, that's fucking nasty gross, you know. Because Cronenberg has a, uh, you know, he's a, a body horror guy, but his stuff is just actually straight-up gross. Like, he's just trying to make me throw up in a, in a urinal at the movie theater, you know, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, I, want, I, want, I, don't, I want my stomach to be
1: uneasy, but I don't want to feel like I'm going to vomit, you know what I mean? Anything with insects in it and a human being turning into insects or being devoured by insects... If you guys are into that stuff, that's great. I can't; it's too much for me. I mean, I'll I don't watch like insects. I've probably seen it. I don't like but. insects
0: now, and it's not because I'm afraid of them. I just don't like them. Yeah, they're, they're nasty. They
1: freak you out. So,
0: but with the thing and the blob, I mean, it's just uh, it's it's gore, but it's like very disturbing gore. It's like it's it's more disturbing than Giallo stuff, like the Italian horror shit, where it's like very realistic women in college getting you know hacked up. This is like, you know, this is some serious gore shit in these, in these two films. This, this, these aliens, is just nasty.
1: Fun note real quick, everybody. Uh, the Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing opened on June 25th, 82. Uh, of course, E.T., I've already told you that came out. And then Blade Runner also came out that summer. Wow. Which also tanked. Like it. Yeah. People weren't ready for it now. it's a, No. Yeah, it, that's
0: why it's a cult film now. But, you know. uh... People were like, Blade Runner, I don't know what that is. But
1: there are so many good movies.
0: Harrison Ford at that time isn't doing Indiana Jones or Star Wars. Like, I'm not going to see it, which is ridiculous. That would give you more incentive to go see Decker. He's a fucking... Right. That's my other favorite character, and it's Ridley Scott. I mean, you can't go wrong with that shit. That's just awesome. And that movie, they're supposed to be doing a sequel to Blade Runner, which is cool.
1: Um (laughs) Yeah, really, I think he took so much shit off Prometheus, which I liked, but I think he took so much shit off that it'd be interesting to see if any of that stuff ever actually happens, I don't know.
0: With Blade Runner? Yeah. They're supposed to, but now they're edging back in the alien picture, and he's supposed to do another Prometheus, he's supposed to do another alien film with Neil Blomkamp, who's been, you know, writing a lot of concept art for an alien film, and that's actually happening now, so... um, I guess Ridley's probably gonna produce it and stuff, make sure everything's good. And Ripley's supposed to be back in it. It's supposed to be a legit sequel. Then we got Shane Black working on Predator, and uh, rumor has it that Arnold Schwarzenegger is in talks with him right now, and they might get him back. Um, that'd be pretty fucking sweet too. Yeah, would be cool. So I mean, here's hoping. And to mention that, that falls into our category because that's you know sci-fi horror. So. Those are the, you know, the thing and Predator and Alien are like, that's like, you know, the best shit. And the blob I would consider also in there.
1: If anybody's interested, I just bought the Scream Factory Collector's Edition of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And how does that look? It, well, you've got two versions of the film. You've got the the first disc one is the restored Scream Factory's baby, the restored version of the film, because anybody that bought that gruesome edition, it's actually ported over. It's the disc two. Huh, because I Blu-ray have the DVD of that one. Well, the, the Blu-ray that MGM that one. was released in 2012, I believe. It it's the has one with been, that, that artwork cover on it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the same, but that one actually is housed in the second disc with along with other extras. Every extra that's ever been with that film has been ported onto this Blu-ray release. Plus new ones. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. There's there's a, a Horror's Hollow Grounds, which yeah. I love those. I and wish that's there were be more on of the those. Return one Sean too, Clark, that's cool. great guy. Awesome stuff. Love when he does those Horror's Hollow Grounds. Fucking love them. I think they're very interesting. If you guys aren't familiar with those, he basically goes to where. They shot the films, and yep. he just shows up with a camera and tells you all about it. It's very fucking cool. I'd rather hear him talk about it than a lot of other people. I'm
0: looking forward to the, uh, the Return of the Living Dead one where he goes to He's that. doing one of those.
1: That's awesome. That'd be
0: pretty cool, yeah. man. Um,
1: but he's he's on a lot of their releases, and great addition. Anytime they put those on there, I wish they would. I now, just, I know
0: where the original Texas Chainsaw was filmed. They turned that house into a restaurant for a long. Time. That's it's true. It's actually a barbecue place, which is hilarious.
1: Well, on this one, when you're but watching. now
0: now they're going back, and they're supposedly turning it into, like, a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre-themed restaurant. Instead well, that's of cool. what it's been. Because they turned it into, like, a, a Ma and Pa restaurant, which is really weird because it's clearly the house from that movie. Yep. But they just kind of made it this, like, you know, casual, like, restaurant. It looks like a fucking chop house in there. Yeah. And it's funny. And then now they're supposed but, to actually <clears throat> go back and change it into a Texas Chainsaw-themed restaurant, which would be really fucking cool. I think they should do that, you know.
1: The Texas 2, the Blu-ray, the, the first disc, it looks outstanding. Obviously, I'm not really sure why they put the crappy-looking version one on disc two. I mean, I guess if you're just a hardcore collector, because it doesn't look good. Right. Anybody that bought that 2012 one is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But on that second Blu-ray, you've got all the, a ton of special features, interviews with cast members and... Uh, the two guys that get hacked up, and in in the yuppies, the two yuppie kids that get hacked up in the beginning of the film. Right. Uh, really cool. Uh, again, my favorite thing was the horse hollow ground thing. I love when they put those on there. Yeah, it's uh, really cool. But the it looks great. I mean, it's it's a great film. The the first disc, a um, lot of different commentaries you can choose from. There's one with um, Savini. There's one that's new. And some cast members, and there's several stuff I can't remember. I'd have to look it up to tell you everything that's on it. But it's it's nice. It's, it was worth the money to, to double dip if you've right. already got the other one because the other one should just sell it. It's because you got it on the second disc if you buy that release. It's you know it's pretty nice.
0: Well, now we got a great scene going. It's uh they're in the restaurant and dudes like you know the the sink is plugged up and he's trying to get the shit out of the drain and it ends up being the blob. You know, forms like a hand and grabs his face and pulls him into the drain and turns him into a fucking straw. It's all awesome.
1: yep. He just got sucked into the fucking sink, and now
0: everybody's seen the blob. And, it's and just, now the blob yeah. is out of the sink and it's coming after them. And it's just a nasty. I mean, it's fucking gross. It looks awesome. like a stomach. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of uh, the the slime from Ghostbusters 2, but I think that was an ode to this film having the the blob shit going on because it's kind of similar to it. Um, I don't think they could sing to this though. No. <laughs> can't put it in a toaster
1: and it'll. <laughs> and play Jackie Wilson and it'll No,
0: out. it's not
1: gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna do that. In some scenes of this, this is disgusting. But some of the scenes of this, honestly, the blob to me looks like a prolapsed butthole. Yeah, it's it's just really gnarly. Yeah, right. it's
0: like the thing in a sense where it can form into whatever it wants, but. The difference between this and the thing, this actually has like a shape to it. You could see it with the thing. You don't know what the fuck it is. It's just like, it just happens. Right. It's like you know, one minute it's the guy's stomach with teeth, and then he's like a head with tentacles. He's like, and You never know what you
1: get with it. And the the makeup Effects, who did this, did a really good job. Okay. And honestly, just to, we've not really talked about this yet. The Blu-ray I think looks great. Looks amazing, yeah. Because the DVD of this looks like shit. Or the this, version <laughs> I have was
0: like full frame. Or it's like the scene with the blob just now when it was coming out of the door. I mean, it looked fantastic. This looks like it was filmed like two months
1: ago, you know. Looks and great. Uh, we didn't talk about uh, Shawnee Smith's in this. That was on a television show that I love called Becker. Really? She was in that show. She was on okay. yeah, she was on Becker for the whole run. She was his like uh airhead, uh like <laughs> assistant nurse. And now she's more known for her role in the saw
0: films as Amanda, which is really um I guess that's probably half the reason James Wan casted her is because of the blob. Yeah. Maybe he's a Becker fan too, I don't know. See, right now it looks like a giant liver. Like it looks really, <laughs> yeah, it looks yeah. really fucking nasty.
1: There's a woman about to, be, to tell you what we're watching. She's about to be consumed in a phone booth. Yep. There's another thing of the past. I won't see phone booths anymore.
0: <laughs> Reminds me of True Romance because I was just watching that. In a True oh. Romance, they just like talking to his actor friend on the phone. And then they just like start fucking, and he's still on the phone. He's like, "Hello, hello," and they're just like, "Oh," and right. truckers are going by like, "That's eh, eh, eh. a pretty funny scene in that movie too."
1: You heard it here first. We're bringing phone booths back. <laughs> we're gonna bring them back. We're gonna put. We can um, do a pos- pause. We're gonna have a pay cell phone in a phone booth. And there's that dude's It's like the sheriff is like trapped in the blob as like a corpse, but he's still alive. and... Like what you said earlier, it is kind of like the thing. I mean, the oh, Oof. this woman just got like flushed, douched out of that fucking booth. <laughs> she got douched out of the booth. By the blob, it just flushed her.
0: <laughs> douched in the booth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This movie is fucking classic. It's great. And, and Twilight Time does a good job. They did a great job with the, the uh, Fright Night and the Christine one they did a great job with. Haven't seen the Night of the Living Dead one. It's or nice. The, or the, it, the a lot lot of people, is one I haven't seen.
1: Well, to talk about the Night of the Living Dead, a lot of people got mad about that. And they had a lot of returns on that on that disc because there's a blue hue mm-hmm. that Savini had them put on the film because he thought the daylight scenes were too bright. Right. So they he went in, him and the cinematographer got together and they put a blue hue over the fucking film. Right. It didn't bother me. I mean, it's different. It's noticeably different if you know that film because the daylight scenes in that are really fucking bright. Yeah. But I thought it was cool. And then they returned a bunch of them. I guess people were really pissed off, you know. And, and, and granted, I wish it had had, you know, maybe that version and a different Blu ray that had the other one. Right. But uh, it didn't. I kept it. A lot of people returned it. And then I guess Twilight Time just started selling them anyway. But you can't get it. I'm not really sure what that one's going for, but. It's, it goes for almost a hundred bucks. Okay. It's. it's a pretty, I mean, it's. There's two it's different versions nice. of it
0: too, though. There's a. <coughs> there's a, a, a like a red case packaging, and then there's an orange case packaging.
1: Well, one of those is a boot.
0: Yeah. but there's. I know the orange one is the correct one. That's one of the originals.
1: The Twilight Time one. I'd have to. There's an orange packaging they had for one of them. I'll have to look it up here. But I know there the one that I've got, Twilight Time stuff is really easy to spot. A, it's gonna say Twilight Time across the fucking front of it. It's gonna say Twilight I mean, Time. It usually the has desk. that
0: clear case with
1: it. Well, on those earlier releases, it's a blue one. Is it? Yeah. And then yeah, on some stuff. The first Fright Night one was a blue case. Right, yeah. And it came with a fridge magnet, too. Yeah. Which is awesome. But on some of them, and you can find these and you know, if you're into buying autograph stuff, on a lot of this stuff, some of these copies of these are actually autographed. Like the Blob that I have that we're watching, there was a run they did, I think, of like 100 or 200 copies where it was actually autographed by maybe the director and some of the cast members. Not really sure exactly. They also did that with Fright Night. Yeah,
0: they had Tom Holland and it they with Chris, the cast they, sign it, yeah.
1: Right, and they did it with Christine. My Christine's actually autographed. It's awesome. But it again, I didn't... Yeah, it's John and um the guy that sells the car. No, really. It's let's see, it's John Carpenter and then uh John Stockwell. That's awesome. And then um I'm trying to I can't remember if it's signed by I'm not really sure if it's I know, it's I know it's autographed, but again, I bought it. The guy, it's numbered and everything. It was legit. I bought it off eBay, but um, and I got a pretty good deal on it. I paid about $60 for it, which I'm not really sure. He would probably pay 100 for that new, I think. I'm not really sure those autographed things go so quick. Um, now
0: we, we do this from uh, – we, we live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and if you go about 45 minutes up to Gatlinburg, they have what's called the, the Star Cars Museum up there. It's really cheap. It's like twelve or thirteen bucks to get in the door, and you know they have, you know, Bond cars in there. They have the smoking the Bandit car. They have um, the Terminator two bike, and they have you know Fast and the Furious shit, um, and of course the Ecto, which you know made me turn into a two-year-old. But uh, they also have, if you go up the stairs, you know, there's two levels to this place, and you go up the stairs, and they have the Christine car, like the front of it. And when you go up the stairs it has this activation thing where it turns the headlights on and it turns on
1: and shit. It's pretty cool. Okay, just a quick update back to the Christine Twilight Time Blu-ray. It's autograph the one I have is autographed by Keith Gordon, John Stockwell, and John Carpenter. Which is pretty fucking awesome. Nice. Um but again I bought it off there. It's going for about sixty bucks. It's not bad. But that one's autographed it is? No, not autographed. Autographed Autographed, Autographed you're looking at probably 150. uh, 150.
0: (laughs) But yeah, if you're ever in the Gatlinburg, Tennessee area, check out Star Cars Museum and you can see the Plymouth, the uh, Christine car, and it'll actually uh, turn its headlights on at you and rev up on its own. It's pretty cool.
1: And they have those, cool. the Monsters car up there. The,
0: you know the Your photo
1: when you call me is you in front of the Bandit car. Really? I'm smoking the Bandit. That's awesome. I love Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds <laughs> is awesome.
0: Oh, he's the king. It's great. Um, when we saw Kevin Smith the other night, he was talking about they were wanting to do a Smokey and the Bandit, but have Jay beat Burt, or somebody like that. And he said, originally he thought Jason Lee would be the perfect part for uh, Burt Reynolds' character, and Jay would be the Bandit, because Jason Lee is, is a huge Burt Reynolds fan, and he said that's why there's so many Burt references, and... Jason Lee scenes in his films Because he's such a Burt fan but that, I thought that would be a funny
1: Funny thing Another Blu-ray I wanted to plug If it's cool Oh For me Uh Scream Factory put out John Carpenter's Village of the Damned Yeah And you said you, you really like that, that The part. movie The movie's okay The extras and the documentary And some of the other The Horrors of Ground That's on that again Sean Clark out of the ballpark it's fucking awesome Uh, It was really interesting. But for those of you who have not seen it, you've got Chris Reeves in his last film before he had his accident where he was paralyzed, which Mm -hmm. I did not know that until I watched this documentary. They were all very remorseful about it. It was very strange. Mm -hmm. And um, It looks great. Um, The only release of that film that I'm aware of is the one that they did... It was a bare-bones... I think it had a trailer, a Universal DVD from, like, the late 90s. Right. But it's... the It's really cool extras. The fucking print's beautiful. I'm not really sure, you know... I've watched it, but I've mainly just watched the extras. I watched some of the films to see how it looked, because right. I don't really have time, but... Very nice. Uh, super cool. Again, the horror's Ground, my favorite thing on the disc. Uh... Not really any cast interviews other than the kids, which I thought was really fucking weird to see those kids grown up. Right. Um, which is hilarious that they got them. But the stuff with John, there was there was a part in the documentary I thought was really interesting. Universal wanted him because he had a picture deal left to do with them, and they wanted him to do a remake. And John wanted to remake Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Never knew great. anything about that. About shit awesome. my pants. It's my favorite Universal monster love creature from the Black Lagoon. Would have loved to have seen what John did with it. I thought that would have been awesome, but instead we get Village of the Damned, which is so great. It right? is. It's great. You got Mark Hamill in it. Yep. Cool. Uh, it's it's uh, Christy Alley's in it from Cheers, and it's if you're crazy. a Star Trek nerd like me, she was in Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan. <laughs> uh, it's just a cool movie. It's 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 kind of a sleeper. It's not great, but I think if you watch it and take it for what it is. Universal was really being pricked, John, and kind of telling him what he can and can't do. Right. So I think it's one of the reasons the film kind of comes off kind of, kind of, kind of slow and kind of tame. And he even says that in the in the uh, documentary. But really nice, man. If you're a Carpenter fan, uh, it's pretty cool. The, the again, the documentary on it I thought was great. Haven't got to listen to the commentary track on it yet, uh, but yeah, it's really cool. And the special features are interesting. I love seeing the the. The kid's grown up. That fucking freaked me out. Because they're like, we've got Superman and Luke Skywalker on set with us. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Which they were saying, apparently Chris Reeves was cool with it. And I guess Mark wasn't so cool with it at that point in his life. But pretty cool, man. Mark Hamill's a priest in it. So it's pretty cool Blu-ray. Now they were saying that uh,
0: they were trying to call him Luke Skywalker. The kid's... While they were shooting, because they thought he was actually Luke Skywalker, you know. Right, they didn't they're, understand because they they're little kids. But even now, if I saw Mark Hamill, I wouldn't be like, it's Mark Hamill. I'd be like, fuck, it's Luke Skywalker. Right. But, you know.
1: But they say Chris was really cool. and I mean, the interview, again, the interviews on that disc, I think the, the highlight of it for me was obviously finding out that John was going to potentially remake Creature from the Black Agoon, which would have been fucking awesome. But just to hear that, you know, I, again, and I'm a Chris Reeves fan from way back. I grew up with the Superman movies and stuff, and uh, some of his other pictures I liked growing up as well. But I had no idea that was the last film that he did before he had his accident. And it was weird because they talk on there how he would leave the set when he wasn't filming and go ride that same fucking horse that threw him that ended up, you know, causing his accident. It just was. It just was creepy hearing about it. It's right. just like, man, I had no idea, you know, because I didn't know. I mean, I think fi- you figure you would look at the years on it; it had to have been close to there. But I had no idea that was the last film he did before he had an accident. And again, I'm not saying it's the last film he ever did; it was not. But it was the last thing he did before he had his accident, which was just creepy because it's Village of the Damned and it's John Carpenter, and it's just weird. Yeah, but. I mean, it is kind of gloomy. You know? There's a, another side note to that when you guys watch that, if you watch it, that I thought was really interesting was I guess John and Chris Reeves hit kind of a brick wall in the middle of it. And Peter Jason, which <clears throat> is also in the film, he's in a number of John's films. Peter Jason is in uh, In the Mouth of Madness. He's also in They Live... Uh, you've seen this guy. He's worked with John a bunch. He's fucking fantastic. I love him. Very underrated actor. And Peter tells a story in his interview on the Blu-ray how John and Chris basically were at an impasse and the damn film wasn't going to get finished because they just weren't getting along. And finally, uh, Peter Jason sits down with Chris and uh, like, look, you know, it's fucking Chuck Carpenter. All right. You know, you. I know you're an acclaimed actor and you're, you know, you're fucking Superman, whatever, but, you know, you're gonna have to do, this is his baby, like, well, I guess in, initially it turns out to be Universal's baby, but they get into an argument and or whatever, but I guess, you'll see it, it's really cool. Peter Jason goes and explains uh, that story. I thought that was really cool. I love hearing about stuff like that on the sets of those films. It's interesting, but apparently it's a pretty nasty argument, the two of them. Because, <laughs> I mean, he makes it sound like the, the, film was basically on hold like they weren't going to finish the damn film because it was such a bad argument and happened during shooting so
0: right yeah, we're, we're at the, the theater scene in between this other stuff going on with Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith's characters um, with you know the the biohazard guys um, I was trying to figure out if that movie that they're seeing the slasher was actually a movie or no. it's just a movie oh, 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 oh. it's a movie within the. it's
1: a g- <laughs> It's actually, it's funny. It's a, it's a guy in a hockey mask with a chainsaw. It looks like, uh, <laughs> it looks like Clark Griswold where he's out there. With <laughs> yeah, the, but it does. The it's Christmas exactly vacation. what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, they may have stole it from this because this pre predates that
0: one. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it is, but I'm no, saying No, no, I know,
1: but I, maybe they did take it from him. I don't know. Maybe
0: John Hughes loves the blob. And he I, like ha, I don't know. But it's typical in the 80s to be like, let's get a guy in a hockey mask with overalls and a chainsaw. And he's got a chainsaw, yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's pretty funny. But they're, they're, right now, they're, uh, are Kevin and Shawnee are trying to get out of this van. Well, he's, well, he's, well, he's, Kevin's trying to convince Shawnee to leave with him because he's like, there's something It's going like on. this contamination unit
0: picked him up or whatever that knows something, and they're like, well, fuck, we
1: were just at this restaurant, we saw this guy get pulled into a, you know, a drain. But Kevin leaves Shawnee here, because he's like, okay, this is bullshit, because yeah. in this film, again, Kevin's the town rebel, he's... Uh I, don't know, I loved it. You know, he's got the leather jacket. He's got the mullet. It's fucking great. Yeah, he's but,
0: Judas Priest as fuck.
1: Yeah, he's fucking... He's, he's, ready, whole, he's hellbent. He's from, ready to go. He's bent
0: for leather. Yeah. yeah. He's and he's, bent got the, he's got the he's, hellbent <laughs> for in
1: this film. He's got but, the bike, too. Uh, yeah. And he's just... But he, this movie has got the government conspiracy cover-up thing, and which is cool. It predates X-Files. But right. it's pretty <laughs> awesome. A lot of gore. And then Shawnee's being taken to the town hall where they've basically congregated everybody and told them that they're infected
0: and they're like watch your drains because you're gonna have a tentacle form into a hand and pull you in it
1: right or up above you there's a prolapse butthole of tentacles
0: <laughs> now uh, switching gears here um we'll talk about some some death metal for a minute um do you have any current things you're listening to whether it's new or old however you uh what you got in your, library, in your library currently.
1: What I've been listening to lately a lot of is know, uh, uh, big kick with this band. I love Discourge. Uh, Discourge from California, not to be d- confused with the Discourge from Mexico, which I also kind of like. Yeah, uh, but but been listening to a lot of their stuff lately. Uh, trying to get used to uh, I don't know, just listening to some different kinds of stuff. I've my favorite thing lately that i am been listening to, and it's old. This is not by any means new. I've been listening to that band, Gruesome. Yeah. And they, they have a new season. I was going
0: to mention them. Yep. They have an EP called Dimensions of Horror. Um, yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, oh, this is the theater scene where they're, the blob's coming out of the screen. Prolapse butthole yeah, coming out. you. butthole time. Um, oh, isn't that – that's what the movie they said it's called. It's like the Power Tool Massacre or something. That's what they call the film, I guess, is they had a marquee outside of the theater. Um, but yeah, the <clears throat> Gruesome is formed by Matt Harvey of Exhumed and <clears throat> a few other members of that. And they're basically like an ode to death. And, you know, they're not covering death, death songs. They're, uh, they're structured to their music
1: music in this very
0: death yeah it's in vain of of death style <clears throat> um their first record uh, savage lamb was more of uh i'd say human and leprosy basically and then their dimensions of horror record is more like individual thought patterns and symbolic kind of so it's very you know you can tell the two styles of it are very very well done and uh you check them out. Also, a relapse band. Uh, check out Gruesome. They're pretty. They're pretty fucking awesome. That EP
1: he was talking about also comes out the same day as that Death reissue.
0: Yeah. So May 20th. You'll you'll want to grab those both. Go ahead and pre-order both now. Uh, I know the the Dimensions of Horror EP comes with some pretty kick-ass stuff. You can get a shirt. You can get. I think there's a poster that comes with one or a flag. A pretty pretty nice-sized one too. So um, if you're a vinyl vinyl person then. You know, check those out too. There's all kinds of shit on there. So pre-order it, um, I've been listening to a lot of the the new gruesome stuff that's been out. Uh, Aborted also has an album coming out called Retro Gore. What is that? It's good from what I've heard of it. Is it is it a new album? Yeah. Okay. You know, they did. They usually release an EP and then that's when you know they're writing an album because they did that Termination Redux with a few new tracks. Uh, a few of those are going to make it on the new record, I believe. They have the song Termination Redux and maybe one or two other ones. Um, same thing they did with, they did Coronary Reconstruction and then they released Global Flatline. Most of those songs made it onto that disc, so, um, it sounds really good so far. I like the concept of it. It's like, you know, video game gore, it's pretty, pretty interesting, you know, um, Oh, it sounds really good. I'm pretty into that stuff. Um, there's a new track I heard today actually, if you're familiar, I'm sure with Decibel Magazine, they always have their their FlexiDisc series if you subscribe to their uh, their magazine. They have Luke LeMay on the cover of this of the June issue. And uh their FlexiDisc is a song by Sfix, the the Dutch death metal band fronted by uh the old vocalist of Pestilence. Um, they wrote a song for the Flexidus series called Deathable, and it's actually a goofy song about the magazine. It's pretty funny. They actually have, like, a, a theme song now that is fix-made for them. It's, it's pretty hilarious. If you look up the lyrics, it's like, you know, this magazine isn't bullshit. It's the real deal. I mean, it's funny, so. Check that out. You can actually look it up on YouTube or Metal Sucks or, you know, it's on SoundCloud and shit, so, uh, Go check that song out. It's really funny, actually, but it's it's a good song. You know, it's it's a sphix, So it's actually more in the vein of Motorhead than it is the other stuff they try to do. That's weird. It's very Motorhead, and he's like, <clears throat> he even says to his drummer, he's like, "Come on, kick up the fucking bass." I mean, it's like a it's right. like a Motorhead style track. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm
1: trying to think of what else. Um, I think my favorite thing, and I'm working on this here, guys. I'm trying to get my. Uh, a little phone here to load (laughs) but uh anything from the band gorgasm i'm a huge gorgasm fan Uh, you can buy their stuff from the band uh off ebay and just look for it and it'll actually say in their in the profile in the ebay sellers profile it'll say that hey you're buying this from the band great band uh their singer currently fronts uh broken hope very good and that um, band,
0: too. Pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it's a great fit. Uh, but they have two vocalists. The the guitarist that does vocals for Gorgasm also does vocals for Broken Hope. Right. The bassist in Gorgasm, he's not in Broken Hope, but he's a beast. Great bass player. Great fucking vocals. Corey and I really like him. Uh, any other stuff. Hard, a lot of it's hard to get, but... Uh, some of their older stuff, so you can get off Amazon and stuff. The newer stuff, but like I said, you can buy from the band. You can get a shirt from the band. It's really their cheap. Band camp or wherever their merch is sold. And eBay. Yeah, more eBay. Yeah, that's where I've found uh, all my stuff. But I think my favorite thing that I've bought this year, there's not been a whole lot that I've been real, you know, but I want to – oh, wonderful. My, again, internet issue. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Pooping out on you. They're just not wanting
0: to uh... <clears throat> it's only when you want it to when you really want it to work it won't work. <laughs> but uh, Gorgasm is playing the full terror assault two this summer in August at the Cave the Cave Rock in uh, Illinois that they did. Last year lineup was, was okay. This year it's a little better. Um, it's it's the first like open air festival for metal in the United States. Like an actual you can camp there for so many days. And honestly it's only for two days, it's only forty bucks and you can shit camp, that's a great deal. And you can camp there and the lineup they have currently, I don't know if they're adding more or what. Um they just added Belfagor on there. Oh wow. But it's We're uh We're both huge fans of that. It's it's Sacred Reich, uh Dying Fetus, Putrapiles of cephalic Carnage, Gorgasm uh, Shining, which is crazy. They're like that black jazz band or whatever. Yeah, they're weird. They're weird, but that that's interesting. They're playing that. It um, is. Lord Dying, which is kind of like a uh, a stoner death metal band. They're from. Uh, I don't remember where they're from actually, but they're on they're on a relapse band, and uh, can't remember who else. But but Gorgasm's on there, so they're playing, and that's pretty cool. Um but yeah, it's for the if you want to just go two days, it's only forty bucks, and that includes camping. You know, you just bring your, awesome. your RV or your tent, whatever you got. And I mean, it's it's definitely a growing festival. I think Lockups on that on that lineup too, which is pretty neat. I saw them a long time ago. Um, which is Shane Embry of uh, Napalm Death, yeah. which is cool. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing to check out. I would really like to go. Uh, it's August twenty fifth is the first day. Um, at the Cave Rock in, in in Illinois, which I think they used to have Gathering of the Juggalos there, if I'm not mistaken, which is, which is weird. But at least this is what they're doing with the space now. It's good. <laughs> they could have napalmed it, but yeah. they put metal there instead. They'll put napalm death there instead of actual napalm. But, uh, yeah, that's something to check out. I uh, probably won't get a chance to this time around. Uh, usually I go to Maryland Death Fest, but this year is my first time in, in two years that I'm not going, so. But, uh. Not not too much death metal this
1: year, honestly. Um, I was going to say it, to plug a record here, the Destroyer Six 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 Wildfire mm-hmm. is fantastic. They're going to be not a, saying it's death metal. <clears throat> I'm not really sure what you want to call those guys, kind of, but yeah, they're I'm fucking death metal. You know. They're kind of that record's blackboard. really good though. I really like. it. They bought it on a whim, kind of. Though. They'll be
0: at Maryland Death Fest, so if you want to travel out there, if you're a Destroyer fan, then um, I know they added De- De- uh, Demolition Hammer. Angel Corpse, and you know, there's definitely some good stuff on there. But, uh, you know, last year I saw Bloodbath, and that was that was fantastic. Um, I you know, saw, saw a lot of good stuff last year, I was pretty pretty happy about. So, this year I'll have to pass. You know, moved into a new place, we got Summer Slaughter, which is looking good. You got nice. me really
1: excited about that. If that's legit, I'm all about that.
0: Well, every year they start teasing bands by posting like song titles and stuff. And they posted something the other day where it was all – that was the bands that they teased. It was – if I can find their actual Facebook post about it. And then uh, Dallas actually from Niall let the cat out of the bag because he was like, you know, we're doing the summer slaughter thing with Cannibal here in a few months. He said in an interview. Well, so that's, that's – it's legit. I mean they got That's it. great, man. Uh, at least Cannibal Corpse and Nile are definitely confirmed just from, from Dallas. Um, but the other ones are supposed to be suffocation and Crisian, which is this is the thickest summer slaughter that you know line up in a long time. So um, that that should be nice. You know, the last few years has been okay, but there's a lot more deathcore stuff, and you know, uh, there's a lot of like prog, you know, metal stuff that they put in there. I mean,
1: usually to me personally, I mean, I'll, and I'll say this, and I'll probably catch hell for it. Not a fan of that tour normally. I didn't go last year. I didn't like anything on the bill last year. Right. Uh, It just felt like I'm not really sure what they were trying to market that to. But again, if it's a death metal festival and you're going to try to market it that way, then you've got me going. I'll buy a ticket for those four bands. I mean, you know. Actually, honestly, I would buy a ticket even if it was all shit and Chrissian was there, honestly. Right. Just because I love Chrissian, but... I mean, if they want to – I'm not really sure what the deal is with that. I don't know. Too many people drinking energy drinks and having <laughs> nut huggers on. I'm not really sure. But it <laughs> seems like it gets too uh, – they get too worried about the people in the crowd and not the bands performing to right. me. But See, I think this is the best lineup they've had since they had Morbid Angel headlines. I agree with that, yeah, 100%. Which, that was
0: actually the last one they did, wasn't it?
1: No. Remember, there was last year's. You saw it at Barbecue.
0: Oh, yeah, last year was like Arch Enemy and Fear Factor. I don't know. I don't, I don't. Um, we, Arch Enemy was great, but... Um,
1: you prolapse know. butthole on the screen.
0: <laughs> you know, prolapse butthole update. This is the first thing Summer Slaughter posted. They posted, Killer become and cast down the heretic to get lost in the static. So right there, that's Cannibal Corpse, Nile, and After the Burial, which, you know, whatever. Um... Then the next one they posted was Infecting the Crips, Lie to My Face, Dismantle the Dictator, and the Great Execution. And that right there is Suffocation, Carnifex, Revocation, and Crisian. And then they posted one yesterday, actually. It says, As the Vultures Circle Amongst Vermin, which I have no idea. Apparently, from what the fans are saying, that's the band Ingested and Slaughter to Prevail, which I've never heard of. So those are probably the, the first two bands on the bill, if I had to guess. But in, Ingested's really good, so I'll take that. Um, they're a band from the UK that's that's pretty awesome, so give them a check out. I mean, some of it's... It, they kind of remind me of Benighted from France, if you've ever heard of Benighted. Um, not as brie, you know, not too much Brieing in it like it is with that band, but... They're pretty fast they're, they're a good blast heavy band. They're they're pretty good. Um not really too excited about this, you know, to see them, but it'll be something cool. I've never seen them before,
1: so it would be cool. It'll be cool to check them out. And folks, I will be outside waiting for Christian. <laughs> and already have all their t-shirts. or inside because Christian has to play first, which will really piss me off.
0: I think they're playing later on, I don't know. I should hope so. They at least need to play for 40 minutes, you know. Most the good thing about the Summer Slaughter is usually they cram like nine bands on the bill, but they all get
1: a, you know. It starts at three, so they all. I don't. Know, I didn't think a Aeon got enough. Long of a set. When yeah, they were I don't, on it. Although they were the only fucking death metal band on that bill. That's but. true. Again, I I'm not trying to just pick a fight with Summer Slaughter, but it's you know. they It's just to not really for if you're an older death metal head like me. It's just not really for me. Well, you know normally. the guy
0: that that founded the tour is the the owner of uh of Sumerian records.
1: That's no why comment.
0: it is the way it is. No comment
1: from the doctor. Ash
0: of Wilson, whatever his name is. There's
1: no comment from the doctor on that.
0: At least, what I can say to his credit, regardless of the bands that he gives money to, to make records for him, and makes him a decent amount of money.
1: I'm sure that label seems like it's everywhere.
0: He's at least booking, trying to book a decent death metal tour. You know, because... At the time, all we had was Ozfest, and you know the Rockstar came out a year later. Um, but Summer Slaughter has been pretty successful since it started. It's <laughs> no, quite, it seems like it, I mean it's kind of rolled off the hinges the last few years as far as lineups and and being the most extreme. tour. You can't say it's the most extreme tour and then have Dillinger Escape Plan headline. I mean, I like well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Dillinger fan, I am, but. If I want a death metal show that's supposed to be the most extreme tour, I want a damn death metal well, show. Well, I
1: mean, it's, that's how I felt last year with champion. To me, that's not... No, it's it's not the most extreme. It's, well, it's I mean, melodic
0: it, death metal. It's
1: not. It's extreme like the hair metal band, but it's not, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the cock rock band. Maybe it's not right. like that extreme, but it's not. I mean, I just don't... It's too hit or miss. I'll go if they have more than two bands that I listen to, but like last year, I mean, it was just... You know and that's fine people want to listen to that whatever they like but you know while we're on here you know it's it's this is about fucking real death metal and real fucking horror movies and not some well I know, think
0: he's actually listened to people and want real death metal it's also about who's available because usually in the summertime death he metal, also probably
1: wants to sell fucking tickets
0: right but that's why those other bands are on there but Usually around this time of year, death metal bands are overseas, and they're you know they put their albums out in the summertime or the fall, so they're right. promoting stuff not in the states. You know, so it's all about availability too. Because I know,
1: uh, fun note here for fans out there that is Bill Mosley in the suit right there. Yep, it's crazy. Bill Mosley does a cameo in this film. He is yeah, that's totally in him. one of the containment suits, and, and it's sucks. also where uh, if you've seen this film, it's where they get the rocket launcher to escape the sewer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which I think they
0: did not owe to that in the first re- or second Resident Evil uh, <laughs> video game because Maybe. that's where you get the rocket launcher just <laughs> to fight the the alligators in the sewer. So you get the rocket launcher to fight the boss later. So that's pretty cool. I never noticed that. Now at this point is yeah that's he just takes he has got shit. the rocket launcher
1: from Bill. Bill's freaking out. <laughs>
0: Which Bill's usually in most horror movies you watch somewhere. He's in a lot of
1: this stuff back then. It seemed like he was just on a roll. He's in this. He's was in *Army an of
0: Darkness*, stuff. and
1: you know. You know, you were the, He's in tech, He's great in *Texas* too. I didn't even bring that up or you know. I mean, he was Chop
0: Top. Yeah. I was
1: actually surprised though. Um. I, mean, I was surprised when I, you know, found out that he was in this. My buddy Matt pointed out to me. when We actually saw this with That's fucking Bill Mosley. I was like weird. I don't, I don't know, know how I, I didn't notice it. that, that's totally him. Oh, I, di- I didn't when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? But he told me at the theater. He's right. like, that's fucking Bill Mosley." Of course, Matt was like that. He was like a fucking walking filmography. But, that, that, <laughs> I mean, it' pretty cool. And, of course, after this, I think it's when he did uh Not the Living Dead. I'd have to look that up. Or, the or remake one, one. Or one of his uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night <laughs> sequels. Which I think he did either it's part three, three part or part four. Three or four, yeah. yeah.
0: I think it's four, actually. Which I've never seen, I would like to It's funny. One. Is it? It's not the first one. But. Well, I've only seen the first two. The second one was pretty fucking terrible, but it's it's funny. Yeah, it's it, is, it is. worth watching. Because the guy, there's actually a... If you ever seen Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, it's, it's very, very cheesy. And it has nothing to do with Christmas either. It's like the summertime. He's just <laughs> walking around with <clears> the... <throat> It was just something happened to him on Christmas and he's in a mental institution the whole time and he's telling his little story. But he's just in like a sweater and he he only kills like one or two people. It's just kind of funny. But um, there's a a montage on YouTube of him because the actor is so bad that he always raises his eyebrows when he's talking. He's just like, you know, (laughs) and there's a montage on YouTube. It's just look up Silent Night, Deadly Night eyebrows. And it's just like every scene where he does stupid shit with his eyebrows to talk. It's, It's very funny. And then of course the garbage day thing is is pretty popular in this from that film where he's just like this guy's taking out his trash and he's walking around this, you know, suburbia with a gun and with like a sweater on he's just like garbage day and just shoots this, you know, caps him with this fucking revolver. It's, it's pretty ridiculous, but it's funny. It's definitely worth watching. I wouldn't even really consider that a horror movie. It's just it's just entertaining because <laughs> of how bad it is. Not like sleepaway camp cheesy either. Like that movie just tries and it's bad. So a lot of people really like that movie and they it's like a must have, but I've just never considered it that kind of movie.
1: I don't know. I know the girl, that main girl. I guess she was here last Felisa year. Felisa Rose. Yeah. Which I know she's people, I guess, cool. I or she's whatever. She's pretty attractive for her age, but yeah. you know. I think well, at least she... she doesn't really have a dick. I
0: but... think. <laughs> I think she's like a you know a, uh, a pretty well known actress in the horror community, which is great, you know, she deserves that part, because it's, the actual ending to that film is, is very, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it sticks out there, not, not just the dick itself, but, you know, (laughs) the, uh, people know about that thing, yeah, the dick, and, you know, what's that one movie where the chick has a dick, and she's really the killer, you know, it's like, people know about that movie, it's, it's, it's out there, but, uh. Just not. I don't think it's it's that great of an actual movie. It's more of like the ending. of I was it never
1: into those. Friend of ours, <coughs> friend of ours, really into those movies. I he's got them all three on Blu-ray, or whatever. I just can't get into them. Yeah, they're too. They're literally. They're, I think they're called sleepaway camp because they put you to sleep and they're real campy.
0: They almost seem like Cinemax pornos.
1: Yeah, they're not really. But they don't
0: actually have any. And again,
1: folks, if you you guys are fans of that stuff, that's great. I just and they're old or whatever, and that's cool. But I just I never could get into them. There's not enough uh, there's not enough savage butchery in that for me. <laughs> there just isn't. <laughs> yeah. If there was, then you know, it, you know, to me, if you if you have the opportunity to buy a sleepaway camp movie, or you can buy, um, you know, a different slasher. You know, I guess whatever. You know, just buy Friday
0: the 13th. If you want well, to see a camp?
1: I was going to say by fucking you know, oh, uh, you know anything from fucking Arrow.
0: Yeah. Or the burning. I mean. Yeah, <clears throat>
1: that's a great movie. Yeah, I mean that one's and again that one's a little slow, but it's still. Right. It's pretty great. Okay, so now we've got the, the blob, aka prolapse butthole with tentacles. He's straight up stave of Marshmallowing. It's yeah, it's taken out the town now.
0: He's just rolling around and and grabbing shit.
1: By the way, that priest, there's a priest in this film that gets fucked up by the blob. I would love to have a, because he horrified me at the end of this film. (laughs) I don't know why. I would love to have like a shirt with him after he's been mutated where he's grown his hair out and he's like doing his scavenger uh, services in the fucking desert or whatever it is at the end of this. It scared me as a kid. I don't know why. He's just uh,
0: baffled. Now, where's Bill? Did he just, like, go on somewhere?
1: Uh, Bill's dead in the sewer, pretty sure. They just kind of insinuated. Yeah.
0: Now they're trying to flame throw it. It's not working. He just set himself on fire.
1: <laughs> it's Burning Man. And again, there's no virus in this. It was a man-made disease. Uh, spoiler alert. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I had a little bit of time to see this movie before this, so... In case you haven't seen The
1: Blob yet. There you go. You know, somebody was telling me, I was going to actually ask you about this, talk about Shawnee for a minute. I was told she has a band or something.
0: I think she does. I'm not sure. That's so weird. I think she did. I mean, I wasn't
1: aware of this. I'm sure it's not something I would want to, you know, listen to, but I thought it was interesting. I was like, that's fucking weird. I had no idea. It's like Corey Feldman having a band. It's like, that's cool,
0: cool, but, you know, I'm not going to listen
1: to that. Guys, if you want to literally lobotomize yourself, go to YouTube and look up Corey Feldman performing with a band. <laughs> you'll vomit in your mouth. You'll have vomit come out your ass. You'll have it come out your ears. You'll actually vomit you so bad out of your if, if, ass. It's you'll so, have a it's so butthole. it It's so hideous that you will have to wear a paper bag and then take each other's life <laughs> just for watching it. Just look him. Look him. I, I believe you just put in like Corey Feldman live or Corey Feldman live. Uh, Cry Little Sister. It's the most... Oh, he does the Lost Boys? No. You know what? It it, it is seriously so bad, we should actually probably do one where we actually watch it just to get your reaction. It's so horrible. I'm going to do it right now. Because when you see this, this... On top of the fact, I met this guy at a con once and he was really rude and stuff. I mean, I loved him growing up as a kid. It's like, you know, but...
0: He's a little Tommy
1: Jarvis. Yeah, man. I mean, I like him... I mean, he was in fucking Goonies. I mean... Yeah, too. But it's just when you meet him is it know. this is it this second one here Hold on a second oh my god if it's him performing oh my god that's it <laughs> alright here we go
0: Corey Feldman performing no Rale that's not Center. it that's not it that's not, not it?
1: it I'd still say that's horrible but that's we gotta find the horrible one it, it's, it's gonna be one. set it looks like him performing and it is it's him performing it with a band at like a beach setting I think it's this one right here then this yeah it's a boardwalk Just to guys let you know. It's a Santa Cruz beach boardwalk. Just to let you know, Corey's about to take my life. (laughs) And we're both wearing paper bags on our head in case his significant other walks in and catches us watching this horrible video. This is fucking terrible. Okay, here's here's a fun fact about this. If you showed this to Kiefer Sutherland, you could kill him. Yeah. He would be like, why'd you show me that? No, he would be like, I was never in Lost Boys. If you're on the cover of the thing, your name's right there. It's like, no, I was never in that film. That's not me. (laughs) When it pans out to the audience, there's like five people
0: watching it, too. And he's like humping. He's like doing air humping. That makes it even worse. Da little Cory. <coughs> oh. Is that not the worst thing you've ever seen? I honestly can't watch anymore. I'm I'm done. It's
1: It was a horrible what thing. What is he trying
0: but, to do with that? Like I know I don't know,
1: but the funniest thing about it is that, that someone actually told him he could sing or have any kind of musical talent. It's like you weren't on the soundtrack. You didn't perform those songs. Why? Just because you're in the film.
0: You're not even one of the vampires. You're just you're one of the Frog Brothers. I mean, that's probably my favorite part of the movie besides Kiefer and the dude from Bill and Ted. But, you know.
1: Bottom line, folks. I just don't. Corey had some really good cocaine before he pulled that off. That's the only <laughs> thing I can come up with. He
0: didn't pull anything off, though. He just went no, out there and did it. but
1: I, I can't believe – I mean – how that how that still exists? I mean, I would have my agent try to pull all that stuff. I mean, that's just God. That's a bridge burner right there. <laughs> that's a straight up bridge burner.
0: Ugh. I'm sure everybody on the beach watching it that were having a good time were just trashed. Yeah.
1: That was so bad that the actors in the film are actually cringing.
0: They're like, I wish we were. I'm glad we're not vampires because we can't kill ourselves.
1: <laughs> that's it. Because as long as we'd rather die to the blob than have Corey sing that song again,
0: or uh, you know, good thing we are vampires because it's he's out in the daytime on the beach and we're sleeping in our fucking cave out in the huh. out in the island over here. And now shit, in this the blob's exploding and he's not dead. All kinds of stuff. And now it's it's raining. It's snowing. He just reminds me of Ghostbusters a lot, you know, because they blow the ball, bo- the blob up initially, you know, it starts, like, snowing or whatever it's supposed to be. Exactly. And, you know, when they blow up the staple of Marshmallow Man, it's, uh, you know, it's raining marshmallows, and then Walter Peck gets covered in it, and he's like, ah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah, that's pretty cool. But he also, you know... The blob is very significant to the the slime in Ghostbusters <coughs> Ghostbusters 2. It looks very similar. So I think Ivan Reitman was a pretty big blob fan. No.
1: Somebody was. They're both Sony. Maybe that's what yeah. the connection was.
0: Now, which one came out first? Was this 82?
1: No, this is uh, – if I'm not mistaken, this is 88.
0: Okay, so Ghostbusters was before this.
1: Part 2?
0: The first one. The first one was 84. Oh,
1: yeah, of course it was, yeah.
0: So that, they actually may have gotten their idea for the blob from Ghostbusters.
1: Yeah.
0: Or they might have the same effects people, too. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know a lot. I love this movie, but I don't know. The blob turns into, this like is a, This is the part of Crash the Crash that Crystals. The shit out of me as a kid. This priest mm. out somewhere in the middle of fucking nowhere in a tent with his congregation... <laughs> but I want a shirt of him the way he looks right here because this scared me as a kid.
0: Ugh. And all the people, it looks like he's in Africa or something.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Like, I don't know where the hell he is. And honestly it looks like the set of Little House on the Prairie. I'm not really sure what the fuck it deal is. Mm-hmm. Goddamn Laura Ingalls going to skip down and be like, <laughs> Hey! I don't know. It's really weird.
0: Spoiler: This is the end of the blob right here. Of course, it's a it's a Hollywood priest, so he's, he's drinking some uh, some frog juice. Ugh. He is pretty fucking creepy. The Lord will give me a sign. He's hairband. Is this Alien? Yeah, it's great. Brave New World! Fucking love this song. It's good shit. That yeah, part's just freaking dicky. There's Bill Mosley, Soldier 2. It's Alien. This is like their claim to fame as this film. It is? Yeah. They were on the this is like the theme song for this. <laughs> George Fisher, stunt player. <laughs> Not the same George Fisher. A That's a good way to, to end this first episode. It's just great. It's like. Produced by a bunch of Jews. There's Eric Goldstein, there's Robert ah. Goldstein, there's. Great movie, though. Well, you got any uh, closing words? The first episode, I think it's uh, pretty fun today. I, I like it. I had fun, and it's very informative for those that
1: aren't balls deep into this stuff, like like me and, and, we'll get, me and Vince. I here. think you know, yeah. that's the only thing I want to say is you know, we're going to cover a lot of different, shit.
0: yeah,
1: a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different opinions. Like I
0: said, you know, it's uh, you know, we're, we're collectors and. We're death metal fans and we're, we're horror fans, and you know, um, anyone who's listening in, feel free to, to uh, if you want anything else thrown in here, you want to talk, us to talk about, then then let us know. Uh, you know, this is the shit we love to talk about, anyway. So, I think it's pretty awesome that other people want to hear that. So, I greatly appreciate you tuning in, and. You can be gross with us And And brutal with us At
1: the same time And you know It's just a Maiden voyage Trying to (laughs) (coughs) Have some fun Watch the stuff And Today's fucked up Because he had to be up early I had to be up early So I'm sort of a zombie You sort of are too Yeah
0: It's fitting for the For this
1: And we put the dog to sleep So that's That's always (laughs) Yeah the dog uh, is
0: out I have never seen him That asleep Toodles is Is down (laughs) he was like the blob. <laughs> you know. But yeah, every week we're going to or whenever we can do this, we're going to put on a horror flick and just bullshit, talk about the movie itself, some some releases surrounding it or just horror movie experiences and uh, and death metal. We'll, we'll keep it keep it pretty simple for you. And I think it'll be a fun ride. We'll see where it takes us
1: this will be some cool stuff to talk about there's always you know some a little bit of a lull with some of the stuff that's coming out we'd cover stuff that I guess came out earlier this year and other stuff too yeah I mean you know watching something we can come up with stuff I mean uh, oh that too yeah
0: definitely we'd go on all day if we watch a Carpenter flick or a Craven or you know anything like that oh yeah so uh, yeah and uh, thanks for being here and uh, we will Recommence next time. Until then, this has been Corey Gore Christ with me.
1: Is Dr. Vincent West? Dr. Vincent West, thank you very much.
0: Savage killer, jumping off the cliff Put your influence on the disaster Nothing can't touch, damn it, slash it to the big, he became a victim I will sever his face in death He had any money, I